Hello, and welcome to the New Normal Podcast. Here you'll find conversations about current events, curiosities, and life lessons. Weekly guests share personal tales and nuggets of wisdom. Featuring your friendly host, Lenny Chessel, and me, Andrea Richard. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the new normal slash the new abnormal because we are not normal. Hey, Lenny Chessel, how are you doing today? I am well, thank you. Our last podcast, I think it was number 13, maybe our last one. Lucky 13. I don't do math, but sure. Sounds like a good number. Well, it was a better number because it was your 40th birthday. So how was your birthday party after we finished the podcast? Oh, it was awesome when we when we got stopped at production that day. Um, two friends came over as a surprise with like a birthday party in a box, and they decorated my apartment and brought a cake and then uh, emailed me a Zoom link. And then on the other end of that, we had like a little Zoom birthday party. So uh, it was a surprise and really uh, touching. So that's uh, yeah, it was awesome. When you're loved, you're loved, you know? I mean, you just have to accept it all. Just let it all come to you. Yeah. Speaking of love, um, so, you know, I am, uh, this is Lenny, by the way. Happy uh, happy uh, podcast night. And you can't see him, but my little brother, brother number three, brother David has joined us, David Chessel. <laughs> proprietor, uh, the proprietor and uh, an executive chef of Top Brown in Fort Lauderdale on the corner of Broward Boulevard and Federal Highway. What's the address there, Dave? 35 North Federal Highway. 35 North Federal Highway. Um, I can attest to the fact that I've tried every item on the menu. (laughs) I have tried every combination of the magic custard that he serves, chocolate and vanilla. I seem to have uh, settled on vanilla with lots of, uh, let's see, we had the peach one. We had... Oh key lime. lime that is off the chain key lime custard uh they're called concretes is that what they're called when you what it, right concretes so we asked david to join us this evening on our podcast because we've talked about different challenges of the covid 19 epidemic pandemic if you will and brother david for all his saving um collecting i'll call it restaurant stuff uh in his garage i think you have a garage again you probably fit two cars even in there now that you have a restaurant he opened a restaurant so you could find a place to put all the stuff that he was collecting from buffalo mixers to globe slicing machines he is um david's one of a kind i believe you have an imdb right they can find you on imdb dave is that true sure yep uh starring he was in had a starring role in the girls of spring break he was not a girl back then He's always been David, never Davina, and uh, so so he's he's had a really um, you know maybe maybe Dave, a lot. Of Dave share a little bit of his history, but uh, and then we'll fast forward to life as a brand new, freshly opened in January restaurateur, uh, opening up as COVID was coming to town. So um, we'll we'll let you just give us a little background about you know because I could talk all night about my little brother Dave because I. I love him and I look up to him because he's taller than me. <laughs> so little little background, Brother David. 
Well, thank you, Lenny. Thank you very much. And you, you're actually the big brother I look up to, so. Oh, love fest. Hugs, virtual hugs. Oh, no, yep. high five, yep. wait, elbow. Wait, what are we allowed to do, Andrew? I don't know. This distance, I think, anything's game. Okay, good. Well, then here. Okay. Yeah, so working national sales accounts for years in entertainment, architectural lighting, traveling the country, obviously trying as many different places to eat as possible on the road. I ran across a sign that said, top round roast beef. Now, roast beef is just one of those things that either it's done correctly or it's a terrible experience. So I veered my rental car off the road on the corner of La Brea and Olympic in LA and went in, took one bite of a roast beef sandwich, looked around, I said, where's the cameras? I think I'm being punked. And uh, I really enjoyed it that much. I went back a second time the same day. Uh, after getting home from my business trip, uh, my wife, who was helping me with my receipts and my Expensify report, got an error and said, there's duplicate receipts. And then I had to hang my head down a little bit and tell her, no, I actually ate there twice in the same day. Um, she said, wow, you must have really liked it. And I said, you have no idea. So my next trip to LA, I asked my travel agent to book me at the Marriott in Beverly Hills instead of the Marriott live in downtown LA. She could, she told me, she says, you know, that's going to be a little bit of a drive for you and challenge with traffic. I said, don't worry. It's really where I want to be um, because I wanted to be closer to top round in the restaurant so I could frequent it even more than the two times I did on the first trip. Got back and, of course, emptied out the receipts and there was a pile of them. And she said, wow, you really, really either like the place or have a problem. And uh, I told her I really liked the place. So by the time I think my third trip rolled around, I just got in the rental car and drove right to the restaurant. Fast forward a couple of years, I decided to get out of national sales and working for the big corporation and just running around the country client to client. And I wanted to go back to my roots of growing up in the restaurant business with my family, brother included. And uh, so wait, wait, hold on. I have to stop you. So did you two work together at the restaurant, the family restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any uh, fond memories? <laughs> I'll, I'll let you answer that, Lenny. So, you know, fond memories. Mm -hmm. um, so David really bought a restaurant so he could have a walk-in box. <clears throat> and the reason I say wow. that is because one of the, that's a walk-in refrigerator, right? We actually walk in the refrigerator. And the reason I say that is because when we were growing up in New Jersey, our, our, we lived behind our dad's a general store. And we learned early on that the only problem with a general store is you can't get anything specific there. But that's another story for another day. But uh, anyway... <laughs> We, we realized that, you know, having a living behind a, a restaurant, it wasn't a restaurant, but it was a, a deli and a liquor store, uh, that you could have as much ice cream as you could eat. I mean, there was no limit to the amount of ice cream. And uh, so we had a walk-in box. We used to have to stick our hands in the pickle barrel. And so we grew up in this business, like David said. And then we, as brothers, had a deli in Fort Lauderdale. And, and I'm avoiding the question because the answer to fond memories when you're in the restaurant business you know, you make, there, there just aren't any. And what, what I tell people is I only learned one lesson in the restaurant business. And that is, David, don't be in the restaurant business. And so 
The fact that David's in the restaurant business only means one thing. It means that maybe he was Davina because they say that when a woman has a baby, the fact that they have two babies is only because they have short memories because if the pain they experienced from the first baby would normally scare them. And that's why they say women have babies because if men had babies, uh, there would only be single, single children families because a man would never do that twice. Anyway, David's memory was very short and somehow or another in his delusional mind, he thought there were fond memories there and he wanted to do it again, which, which thank you because if you go to Top Round, and this sounds like a commercial, but it's not, but it is, it's a shameless plug. The food is <laughs> good. The food yeah, is okay. amazing. It just is amazing. So anyway, that's, that's, you know, that's that. So fond memories. Mm. What about working together? The two of you working together, brother. Ah, you okay. learn, you learn one very hear... important lesson in the restaurant business. Yeah. What's you that? Learn, you learn how to clean. <laughs> and you end up doing it yourself. So yes. Yes, a lot of, yeah, we, what we found out was a busboy's job is to do as basically, if he could throw away the silverware, that's easier than washing it. And so 55 gallon garbage cans, how many, how many nights do we find ourselves climbing in garbage cans to pull out silverware? It's, you know, it's just, ugh. I, that's all I can say. It's an old Jewish man sound. Ugh. That's all I could say. And I did tell Lenny, I said, Lenny, you know, when I'm going into the restaurant business, you have to understand that I'm, I'm doing a, I'll, I'll call it fast casual, but it's not really fast. It is casual. And I said, the only redeeming value are there are no waitresses. There's no busboys. There's no silverware. There's no dishes. There's no, there's no dishwasher. And that probably took about 50% of the anguish and torment out of the, uh, the thought process of, are you really going to move forward with this? Yeah. And, and, and being a business owner in any business, especially with COVID at, at our doorstep, um, the HR component is probably the most difficult and challenging uh, component out of, out, out, of all, out, of, out of all the parts of the business. So, so you, your original concept was how many seats between inside and outside? Uh, approximately 50 inside, 35, 34 outside. Okay, so seating for 85 people, and today you're limited to how many with COVID? Less than 40. Okay, so less than 40. So, so 50% capacity inside and outside, and um, and you had to pivot to survive. I guess is the best way to put it, right? So maybe, you know, as you, as you, a you have to that that major pivot to survive was to adopt third-party delivery services to get the food from the restaurant to the people uh, because the people, the general public was not leaving their homes initially. They, were, they weren't venturing out. Uh, there was a lot of uh, uncertainty and fear. So Uber Eats, Grubhub, Delivery Dude, DoorDash, Postmates, uh, the, uh, as some coined them, the delivery mafia because of the gross percentage they take from the storekeeper, uh, the restaurant owner, uh, it's, it's debilitating to some of them. Um, but since then, the grab and go, the curbside pickup, the online store at in-store pricing has certainly helped balance out a little bit of the, the third party delivery dilemma that's been created by COVID too. Some, some major cities, 
have gone and said, you can't charge 30% to these restaurant owners. We're going to max cap it at 15%, whether it's San Francisco. 30%? That's a lot. To give up 30%, you basically give up any and all your profits. So you're just, you're exercising. And at my age, I can tell you, the last thing I need is any more exercise than I already have. Um, but it keeps the engine running. It keeps the, it keeps the, the grill moving. It, it, it helps the process because you're still, you're buying in uh, quantities that, uh, you know, that give you those, those discount levels that, that you need, that you need in order to survive. So, so didn't you have some other ideas though, Dave, that you tried to implement or started to implement? Well, the, the, yes. You know, in, in, in addition to the, um, third-party delivery, uh, using Top Round as a ghost kitchen and preparing foods for other... Uh, Are you identities. doing the ghost kitchen thing? Yes. So oh, awesome. We have brick and mortar. The store is Top Round. And then we have Top Round as a, as a virtual restaurant. But then we have Red Ribbon Chicken. Uh, we have TR Burgers and Wings. We have the ice cream shop by Top Round. And, you know, we're looking into four other concepts. One would be a hot dog concept, another a cheesesteak a cheese concept, another would be a, a, a New York, New Jersey style deli concept. So we're looking at those other avenues. Um, and of course, even within the brick and mortar, having what you're starting to hear a lot about, uh, the pop-ups. So we have, uh, let's say for one weekend, we'll do a pop-up barbecue or a pop-up deli and and have off the menu items and uh and then that that evolves into specials that off menu specials and secret menu items so you know i broke out my uh my skills of years past working with my brother lenny and my other brother larry and michael and uh started making chicken matzo ball soup started making rice pudding started uh started polishing my, uh, my, my old recipe book up to, to come up with some of those food items that uh, they, they, they are a, a comfort food and it, it's really helping in these times. Well, Dave, I mean, you know, it's funny, we talked about uh, Clark Liquors and Deli, um, but we didn't talk about, you know, where we, where we did cut our teeth uh, as young fellas behind the deli counter in Fort Lauderdale. So, you know, I think you as the, as the, you know, you and Michael as the younger brothers, uh, your perspective on that experience. So, uh, you know, there's some people that might listen in that might recognize the name of, uh, of our little spot on Oakland Park Boulevard. Yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, we, at one time, we started out all working at different stores that were uh, owned by other entities and we all left. I left Kendall, Lenny left Hollywood, Larry Deerfield, or De excuse me, Del Rey. And we all converged on Oakland Park Boulevard in Inverary. We bought the Tabachnik store and we, we ran it as, uh, as five brothers and parents. And uh, that's where we really learned what the restaurant business was all about. We learned, a lot, seven, seven. We, we learned a lot of Yiddish. That was kind of fun. The, the uh, true meaning of early bird. The true meaning of early bird. We started What is off, the true meaning of early bird? True meaning of early bird. David, you want to try it or do you want me to? Yeah, yeah. I want an entire meal for next to nothing 
And even after I get a wonderful entire meal, uh, I'm still, I still want more and probably want to put something in my pockets to take home because I, I just feel that uh, I never get enough. So we started off and we, we um, I think it was the penny saver that we advertised in. I'm not sure, but it might've been. And uh, our, we had two complete dinners for 777. Actually, we started out at 555. No way. Yeah. No. Bitter. Triple. Uh, yes. It went from 555 to 666 to 777 over the, the course of those couple yeah, of I years. I thought it was 789, so we'll have to debate that off, off air. Okay. Uh, but regardless, uh, <laughs> Andrea, it was half a chicken in a pot, which is basically chicken and soup with matzo balls and noodles. It was a half of a roasted chicken. Uh, it was liver and onions. Uh, it was what was uh, there? That, that's the no steak, a sal you know, a Salisbury. Oh, right, right. Yep, yep. Plus uh, the health salad on the table. The thing of pickles and sour tomatoes on the table. Uh, Stevie Seltzer's bottle of two cents plain, like real seltzer bottles on the table. Uh, rolls and butter, and then uh, a, a dessert. Dessert and coffee or tea. And coffee and tea. And that was two for us. Let's just call it seven seventy-seven. We'll split the. Right. We'll split the yeah, seven dollars, and they'd line up. We'd fill the dining room by five o'clock. That crowd would go. Then we'd fill it up again. We would, and we had one hundred and twenty seats. So we'd do like two hundred and forty dinners in a matter of a couple hours. That's a lot of dishes. It was a lot. We had a pretty big staff. We had like a staff of twenty people there, I think, and plus a full deli counter, and we did catering. You know, and and during the holidays, whether Jewish holidays or you know uh, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's. We would work for 48 hours and sometimes 72 hours, never leave the restaurant because you would, we didn't do breakfast. So you'd uh, prep in the morning, have lunch, have dinner, shut down, clean, do all the catering trays all night long, and then start again. And some of the holidays, we would go literally nonstop for at least 48, if not 72 hours. Wow. And I remember many times falling asleep at the traffic light, just falling asleep, just passed out, just dead. And David wanted to go back and do that again for some reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm a sucker for uh, hot roast beef. Well, I think you're more than a sucker for hot roast beef. So we grew up in a family that, you know, we, we were caterers, right? We catered to people. That was what we did. And, uh, and I would say that my, my dad and my mom both, our dad and mom both were, were pleasers, right? They loved to have dinner parties and have people rave over how delicious everything was. And uh, we're quite competitive. And, and I, I consider myself an excellent cook, whether I could call myself a chef or not, I don't know. And uh, Larry considers himself as well to be an excellent cook, as does Michael, as does Brian. Uh, I'm not sure that Robert cooks as much. Um, but when it really comes down to it, um, David in his, in his inimitable way is not only a wonderful cook, but he's never cooked for less than 50 people, even if only five people were coming to dinner. So when David makes soup, it's gallons of soup. And I, I, to this day, don't know that he knows how to make food for less than, let's call it 25 people. And in homage to our mother, of course, who, when she would order food for, you know, five people, there was enough for 15 people. So that's why we always wrestled with being much larger than healthy than we should have been. But but David cooks in mass. He, he does everything 
big. That's his, his personality. Be big or but, stay home. What's, what's that? Be big or stay home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we, we have a Latin saying in our family, Vinny, Vidi, Edi. We came, we saw, we ate. <laughs> and so, then, David, what about mom's favorite meal? Uh, mom's favorite meal was uh, bread and butter. I know, besides that. So between breakfast and lunch, what do you have? Uh, between oh, breakfast okay. and lunch? Dave, between lunch and dinner, what, a little something to hold you over. Right, a little something yeah. to hold you over. Gonna, we're going to stop, but it's not lunch or dinner. Right? We're just going to get a little something to hold you over. A little something, something. Yeah, so we came from a family of, uh, of eaters. Ice cream, big time. So David's custard is, I, I, I really think I put on at least 10 pounds when David first opened because I would go in there and I just custarded, custard it up. Can you custard up? Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so Dave, you've got these pop-ups. You're trying different concepts. Uh, you're still open, thank God. Um, so, so Andrew is of the younger uh, generation. So I never did, I never ordered Grubhub or uh, Andrew, what's your experience with? Yeah, I've used it. It's pretty reliable. Um, and um, so I'm familiar with Uber Eats and there's DoorDash and it's sometimes the restaurant, if you go on their site and you can see which delivery service they use, you'll, you'll actually select a place based on that because you might already have the app and it's convenient. But uh, do you see, uh, David, a lot of uh, younger people or is it just kind of curious who's like using the delivery for your restaurant? I don't, I don't, think, there's, I don't think there's a prejudice to the age group. No. Um, young, old, single, family. Uh, I think really it, it revolves around the, the person and those idiosyncrasies that you know, it's just, hey, I, I am not leaving the house or I'm in my pajamas or I'm binge watching Netflix. Um, but then, you know, then they, then they roll out. They drag the family or they come by themselves or the wife's picking up for the husband. And, and as, people, as people really become engaged in, in, in the food, some find that they want that hot off the grill, you know, that, you know, the expression hot off the press, they, they want, they don't want to rely on the Uber driver that took 10 minutes too long. And by the time it got to the house, it, the, the heat and the steam from the food and the container kind of, it's a little soggy. It's a little this, it's a little that. It's not that same experience. Um, when something has a good flavor profile and you're using quality products and it's, and it's not, from the freezer to the fryer, you know, uh, when, when you're making all your sauces in store, as we do, we, we find the people really appreciate it, but there's something to be said about that experience of getting out, enjoying the food, whether it's on the patio, whether it's in the dining room, um, and, and the people that really have the problem with our situation that surrounds us with COVID right now, I've seen them come here, get the order to go, and go immediately out in the car and sit in the car and eat it. So it's it, you, there's there's people of all walks. Um, there there are some, there are some hardcore. Karen G, whoever Karen G is, she orders from us the same thing five days a week. 
And when we see the order come up on the, the, uh, the DoorDash screen, we know immediately exactly what her order is. Um, there, are, there, there are people that have, you know, that habit of doing the same thing in repetition. And then there's other people that come in and go, okay, I had roast beef last time. This time I want to try a chicken sandwich, which is the best chicken sandwich. Should I get the buffalo chicken or should I get the sesame chicken? Then they come back and say, you know, I want to do a burger. I'm really torn between the top round melt or the pastrami burger. Tell me about the pastrami burger. And they ultimately come back to you after their meal and say, wow, I'm really glad I had that because that was crazy. I never, you know, never realized it would be that good. And, um, and who would have thought that you, you guys would make such an awesome medianoche, the, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I before, just before COVID, um, I had a gentleman who was sitting down, nice pressed white shirt, tie tucked into his shirt, eating his meal. And I saw a little bit of mayonnaise on one side of his mouth and a little bit of mustard on the other side of his mouth. I immediately said to him, I said, I know what you're eating. You're having an almost midnight sandwich. He smiled harder and said, absolutely. I go, well, I just, you know, I hope it's better than, than most Cuban sandwiches you've had. He goes, he pats himself on the chest. He says, Cuban, and this is Cuban approved. He goes, this is better than anything from Hialeah. Trust me. <laughs> so we, we, we attribute it to the way we dry rub the pork and the way we roast the pork and, and using all the quality ingredients. And it's, it's the love that goes into it. Listen, you, you know when you're in your kitchen at home and you're slapping a sandwich together versus taking the time and really making it a little artful piece. Uh, there's a big difference between those two sandwiches, whether you rush one out or you really take your time. So for us, you know, every sandwich counts. Yep. Every sandwich counts. I like that. I like that. That's, I love um, that. It's very yeah. I mean, and, and we took a, we took a franchise from LA, brought it to South Florida. We're here in Fort Lauderdale. And I said, as the franchisee, I said, it's so important that we embrace the South Florida community. So I want to have that for all my friends from Westchester, where I grew up in, in Miami. I want to have that midnight sandwich. Um, and I, I named it the almost midnight sandwich only because of its shape and not because of the ingredients. And then I said, well, you know, my brother's Lenny, my brother Brian, you know, they all pretend to be these great fishermen. And, and having grown up in South Florida, my appreciation for South Florida seafood. So I said, I'm not in Titusville, but I want to bring rock shrimp to the menu. So I came up with a rocking shrimp uh, dish. And we have, we have with, our, with our shrimp sauce that we make in the house. So we have that fried shrimp. We have the almost midnight sandwich. And as Lenny and I discussed with you earlier, I get directly from Key West, from Key West Key Lime Pie Company, I get Key Lime Pie, and I actually blend it in with the custard, and I make a Key Lime, we toast coconut. I'm not going to make the graham crackers. I'll leave that up to Nabisco, but we actually make the most delicious Key Lime Pie ice cream custard concrete. And... And, and we have proper representation from the sandwich to the shrimp to the custard with our South Florida flavor. 
So David, you've, you're so far, thank goodness, like I said, uh, you know, really working hard, really working hard. And, uh, and so maybe, you know, some other restaurateurs and obviously, you know, there, there's enough business to go around. So I don't think that other restaurateurs are, 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 are competitors of yours. I think you have a very unique niche. But what we always like to do is share, you know, have our guests share uh, maybe some, you know, some helpful hints, uh, maybe some coping mechanisms as a, as a restaurant owner, um, and maybe just share with, with the audience some of your, uh, you know, some of the things you've learned through this and maybe share that. Yes, there, there's, there's a couple of very important things uh, that have been learned. One, um, take a finer look at your expenses. And, you know, I, I anteed up with myself and my wife putting in a lot more hours than we originally planned on doing. So it's, it's about being involved. But really, the biggest thing is uh, going out on social media and talking to every guest. And it's a lot of handshaking, you know, not physical handshaking, but, and not a lot of baby kissing, but <laughs> it's, it's a lot of, uh, call it customer intimacy. You, you have to be engaging. And, and if it's genuine, it makes a difference. And people constantly come in and say, wow, you're the owner and you're always here. One thing, you're always here. I go, yeah, I'm always here. That's right. <laughs> Thanks. From morning to night. But it's appreciated when they know that I am vested in this and they appreciate coming here, buying the food, spending their hard-earned money, what little money they have because of what's going on with the economy. But they appreciate the fact that I'm genuinely concerned about their experience and I I go over the menu with them and I tell them how things are made. It's the, the, the food world has changed. Everyone is slowly but surely in their own way becoming a foodie or knows someone who is a foodie. This is something that never existed years ago. You sure. used to go order two from column A, two from column B, and you were in and out and that was it and that was all. But now it's more about the experience and whether it's, farm to table or sustainable or, you know, we have vegan options. We have vegetarian options. We have for the hardcore carnivore, you know, we have it all. But when they find out that you're truly interested in them and their needs, and we're very out of the box, because if they want to change something or they want an adaptation of something that's on the menu, we're the first ones to say, you got it. We're all, all over it. We got, we got this that we're going to do it just for you. And I think that's, I think that's in business now. I think these restaurant owners uh, and, and, and business owners have to understand you, you used the word cater before, and I'm going to use it in a different fashion. You have to cater to your customer. You have to show them that you genuinely care. And if you don't find a different profession. So Andrew, are you ready to go to top round? Yeah, I want to I definitely want to try this key lime custard. And uh, I was checking out the menu earlier and the uh, chicken wings, uh, the cheesy tater tots, and uh, the buffalo cauliflower wings. That's my thing. Buffalo cauliflower, my favorite on the menu. Yeah. Well, you know, you could you could do the buffalo cauliflower sandwich, and it's like 
it's it's like I I want that chicken sandwich or that style of sandwich like a chicken sandwich, but I don't want to eat chicken. And you put that you put that cauliflower cutlet on there, and you're you're shocked at at how how nice it comes together. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. So final words of wisdom or Andrew, do you have any questions for brother David? No, anything else? Yep. No, no, now I'm just really hungry. I am, um, <laughs> I'm going to have some dreams about these sandwiches and custard. <laughs> I think so much for joining us today, David. We had an excellent time talking to you getting and hearing about what you've been up to lately. Thanks brother Dave. For having me and look forward to serving you and feeding you. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll throw in your, your website to your top round in the uh, description of this episode. So if anybody wants to learn more and come and visit you and eat some delicious food, uh, well, they can check out the website on this episode. Hey, Tell them I'm, Andrew. I'm, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Actually, uh, maybe, maybe we should have them just uh, mention the, uh, the podcast and we, you know, we throw them a little bone. Oh, custard cone. <laughs> All right, mention the podcast. Get a mention free the podcast, cone. and for one free ice cream custard cone, you mentioned the it. new normal that you heard this podcast. That's right. That's <laughs> awesome. All right. Thank All right, you, guys. Andrew. Thank you, Andrea. Everybody, peace out. Stay safe. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next time.